Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, here's here's the deal about today's show. It's a little bit different than what we've done in the past. We had we had our our, our figure speaker today was going to be Dr. Chris Hood. He's a regular on Pete O'Shea's show. And Dr. Chris Hood on Friday said, oh, I'm sorry, Jim, I overbooked myself. And I said, no problem. I got you filled in and you won't be able to come on the show till May. So if any of you out there are Dr. Hood's uh, uh, patients, just let him know. Too bad. He's a great guy, but I have two fantastic people. I had already scheduled I had already scheduled Brian Zoss with the Navigators to be on the show. And today, in meeting with, with um, Stephanie Brown about Grow Women, I said, Stephanie, I know it's last minute. This was at 4.15. I said, would you join us on the show today? So welcome, Brian Zoss with the Navigators and Stephanie Brown with Grow Women. Welcome to the show. Thank Glad you. to be here, Jim. Glad I could be here. All right, so we are going to talk today. Really, Brian, your the highlight of the show to me is to, is to help churches become intentional discipleship, disciple making churches. All right, and I want to talk all about that. And with you, Stephanie, I really want to talk about how you're really you're mentoring and discipling uh, Christian business women and Christian women in leadership. So that that's really where we're going to go. But Brian, I noticed on your website or one of the things when we had talked when I interviewed you a couple of weeks off the air, you said first. Thessalonians 2.8 was a verse that meant a lot to you. We loved you so much that we shared. This is Paul talking to the, the church in, in Thessalonica. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives 
two. And isn't that really the model of discipleship is we don't just share words. We have to share our own lives because being transparent, being vulnerable with those that we disciple, that's what makes the difference. So that's why you guys are here. I'm excited that you guys are here. I want to hear more about it. So before we get started, Stephanie, you got anybody you want to say hi to on the air today? Um, I just like to say hi to everybody out there listening, um, people from my Grow Women um, community, as well as my Facebook page, and a shout out to my assistant, Elise Lewis. How about your husband and your four children? Go ahead, put your <laughs> names out there. Let's go. Well, hey, they're, they're at track practice right now. So they didn't uh, even know you're so, on the air. Yeah, my husband's like, uh, 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 okay, you know, um, but shout out to my husband, Harry, my son, Harry, and my son, Solomon. Naya and Leah are my daughters. Very Hello. nice. Brian, what about you? You got anybody out there you want to say hi to today? Absolutely. My beautiful wife, Debbie, who is also my ministry partner and works along with me and coming alongside the churches as uh, we work with the leaders there to make them purposeful. And my two daughters, Jenna and Kayla, um, both out of uh, high school and moving on into uh, young womanhood and uh, proud to have them as uh, daughters, as, as a dad. And looking uh, to the coaches that we have, uh, we should have a number of the navigators coaches listening in today as well. Awesome. Well, we're, we're glad they're listening. Love to have that. Okay, so first start us off, Brian. Tell us how Christ impacted your life. Uh, clearly, as I look back in, in the journey that God had me on, uh, Christ uh, gave, when I came to know Christ, uh, not until the age of 39, um, it really shifted my perspective, uh, gave me a view of what it meant to, to impact the lives of others. Uh, I really take uh, the greatest commandment, uh, love God and, and love others, is the primary focus of what called Debbie and I into this ministry. And, you know, knowing that the, the command that we have in the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. And um, as God uh, brought me to, to know him and to love him through Jesus Christ, uh, that journey became one about just truly becoming a disciple maker and helping others to, to take that journey as well. But you've got a pretty unique background on how you were raised. I think that, that that's important to, for people to understand. No, I appreciate that, Jim. Um, I was raised as a conservative Jew, uh, came up through uh, the synagogue and uh, met my beautiful wife in, in our master's program in college. As we uh, were going through college, she uh, was raised as an Episcopal, and, and we decided to to become married as an interfaith couple, and that's how we began the journey. Um, she and, and my in-laws prayed for 15 years for me to come to know Christ, and uh, as we uh, made our way down to Florida and to Clearwater Community Church, uh, the Lord found my heart, and, and, and I surrendered my life to Him, and it's never been the same since. And he intersected your life with one of the pastors from the Clearwater Community Church, wasn't it? As one of your neighbors or something like that? He moved... Yeah, and this is a great, uh, you know, how do you, how do you really come alongside somebody? As we as we look at it, uh, my wife and I were invited to a soup night at uh, a friend's house across the street, who turned out to be a pastor at uh, Clearwater Community. It's Church. always over uh, the food because that's what Christians yeah, do best. Absolutely. So uh, my brother Scott Murray, who's now a missionary in Japan with his wife and family, uh, five beautiful girls, is uh, all, has been a major influence in in my life and teaching me what it really means to uh, love into somebody else's, else's life so deeply that uh, they see Christ through you. And that's really what our journey's been about. Mm. Stephanie, talk to me about, or talk to the radio listening audience about how Christ impacted your life. Well, 
I grew up in rural Arkansas, and um, as a, a young lady growing up in Arkansas, you had, I mean, you were just brought up in the church. Just, just That's just how it was. My dad was a business owner, so what we did every Sunday was to go to a different church. However, it wasn't until I got married, two years into my marriage, and really just in pain. I mean, I just have to be real honest about it. I It was through the pain of becoming one and um, that really drew me to my knees. And I really didn't realize it until I look back is that I have a spiritual mother and she actually is my best friend's mother. And I never knew it until like all these years later that she had she was grooming me. Her house was her home was a safety net because my mother traveled a lot. And so when I two years into my marriage, um, I was alone reading a book in my bathtub and I met Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I was completely and totally revolutionized and, and on fire for God. And so mine was a little bit wasn't nice and pretty. And the first thing that I learned was spiritual warfare. And that's pretty much has been my life <laughs> with Christ. Spiritual warfare. Mm, that's amazing. But, you know, I, I don't know that anybody's story is really pretty. I suppose there's some out there that get really pretty stories, but, you know, that our lives were impacted by Christ is the cool part about the answer on that one. All right. Talking about business backgrounds before we get to our break, Brian, you mentioned that you met Debbie during one of your master's programs. And that's because you have three master's degrees uh, for some reason, because you got some psychotic episode going on in your head or something like that, because why would you need three? You got three master's degrees. Uh, you've got an incredible business background. I mean, you were on the ground level. You helped the TurboTax guy start it in his garage. You were one of the TurboTax original guys. Yeah, it was an exciting journey. As, as I look back, and I, I told my wife when we were married I was going to be a lifelong learner. Little did she know that that would be a lifelong university student as, <laughs> as we went through that journey. Um, but I, I was blessed in that my first job out of college. Uh, was to help an amazing man, Jim Peterson, and a team, a small team of us, uh, look at TurboTax and tax cut. And we launched that product and uh, grew the company to 600 people over seven years and uh, sold it off to Intuit, who today still runs the, uh, the, the program for TurboTax. It's an, it's an amazing thing. Too bad you don't have all that stock still hanging around for it. That'd be really, really nice. All right, Brian, I was, I was giving you a hard time. You were talking about a little bit of your business background. You've had some incredible business background, but it started helping TurboTax get off the ground. Stephanie, talk about a little bit about your business background. Well, um, I have over 20 years of sales and marketing as well as entrepreneurial training. Um, I have an MBA in marketing as well as certifications and a whole lot of stuff from entrepreneurial training programs to research-based um, relationship education programs. And really, I, I see my work at Grow Women to be my life's calling. Um, every experience that I've had educationally, personally, professionally, and spiritually has prepared me for what I'm doing right now. And it's just an awesome um, privilege to come alongside women and um, speak into their lives and sort of be there for them. That's cool. So you got another master's. We have four master's degrees sitting at the table. None of them are mine. You got a certification, <laughs> though. I am definitely certified. 
I've been certified by doctors, physicians all around the world. Certified, or is that certifiably? I don't know. It's uh, anyway. Got trouble here. Okay. All right. Brian's just looking at me, going, "Jim, move on." All right. So, Brian, talk to me about the rest of your business experience. You spent some time with it wasn't Fujitsu. It was over, but you were over in Japan. No, one of those, yeah, it was Fujitsu. It was Fujitsu. Yes. I, I have I have a couple of clients that cannot, and my and one of my bosses with Platinum cannot say that word. Fujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> tough one. So if uh, John Farrell's uh, uh, on the phone to our listen today, or Paula Michael. Yeah, Fujitsu. Okay. All right, so you, you did a whole bunch of around-the-world stuff before Christ grabbed you around the hand and pulled you away. Yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity with, um, with them running a global consulting uh, organization, looking at uh, things around customer relationship management, really. How do you uh, impact the lives of those who are most important to your business, which are your customers? And uh, we were at the forefront of that, uh, um, you know, falling in behind uh, uh, ahead of Fujitsu at the time, where only IBM and EDS, we were the third largest provider in the world. And uh, it was a uh, a joy to just uh, be able to travel the world and work with different companies about uh, how do you reach your customers with uh, a true heart for their needs and meet their needs and serve them. All right, so both of you had your business backgrounds that it was a natural pull to where you are in ministry today. What uh, Stephanie, just start us off with telling about what is Grow Women all about? Well, Grow Women is a Tampa Bay-based life coaching service that helps women to strengthen themselves while strengthening their families. And uh, we do this through a combination of one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and workshops. And the unique thing about what I do is all of my work is online or uh, via Skype or on the phone. Okay, so you don't do face-to-face stuff? Not much. Why is that? Um, because women are so busy, um, and I wanted to be able to offer them something that um, they can uh, conveniently access and that will be very private um, because the type of work that I do is, you know, not really something that people, uh, you know, open up to a lot. And so this allows them the privacy that they desire. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, the anonymous. Anonym, I can't say that word. Anonymity? There you go. Okay. <laughs> so it just adds a layer of um, privacy. Okay. Um, but when, but I tend to do a lot of mentoring just by, that's I'm a gifted mentor. I'm a gifted question asker is really what it is. And when you're not in person with somebody, it's really hard to tell whether they're telling you the truth or not. Now you both, Brian, you also said you do a lot via Skype or and on the phone. You don't do any in-person stuff either. Yeah. And a lot of that's true. Uh, the distance provides an ability for them to be more transparent, um, to open up in the areas where they're fighting battles. Um, many times spiritual battles that, uh, are challenging to to deal um, with somebody face to face. That's you know, especially with pastors in their congregation. So it allows them um, a freedom that uh, they don't get otherwise. But how do you make sure that they're not holding back? I mean, because the whole idea. I mean, if you're going to really mentor somebody or disciple somebody, which you both are doing, the whole idea is to get to the root of the issues, so that you can really pull them along in a Christ-like manner. I mean, you really want to get. You want to get past all the garbage, the walls they put up, and get to the heart of the matter. How do you do that without being in person? Well, people come to me. I mean, they want help. Um, And I have, I I don't know, I I guess it's something that God has given me, but women come up to me all the time and just tell me very personal things. And um, without my prompting, um, I have a client just the other day, she goes, "Um, I, I really don't talk to anybody. But she opens up to me. Hmm. And so I guess it's because I'm a good listener. I don't know what it is, but people tend to just tell me 
their business. And another thing, just like um, he said earlier, is that I talk a lot to women in leadership in the church and they don't have anywhere to go in terms of talking about their issues. And so this provides them with a layer of comfort to be able to open up and know that I'm not going to see them on Sunday morning or, you know, they're not going to have to face me um, um, just like was mentioned earlier. It wasn't it wasn't until four or five years ago that I realized that almost every pastor has that fear. They can't really be transparent and honest with the people in their church because then the people in their church may use it against them if they realize that their pastors actually have a sin issue. What an amazing thing. Pastors aren't perfect. All right. So, Brian, that's what your focus is. You're working with pastors. You're using when we when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you say you use your relationship with business people in order to be able to get them to get you in front of their pastors to be able to have conversations with them because those pastors typically don't have anybody they can lean on. Well, yes, and as you look at that, you know, broad spectrum, it's uh, we work with church leaders, and we work with those leaders to um, help them understand what it means to be disciple makers, where they live, work, and play. And so, many of those church leaders include the pastors and the staff, but it also includes the business leaders that sit on the church councils and the governing councils. Uh, specifically with the pastors, though, uh, I think being able to come alongside them in, in a way that. Um, you have a heart to take them into scripture, to pray alongside them, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead the conversation to a place where they feel safe in being able to come forward um, in areas where it could be uh, marital battles, in areas where it could be dealing with um, you know moral sin issues that are, are challenging them. Uh, sometimes it's a, a a leadership conflict issue within the church itself, and and you know to have those discussions um, locally or to have them with the the body that they. They serve among uh, can be a challenge, um, and a lot of times it's it's resolving a, a simple conflict between staff members that work together at a church, and um, you know it's it's different than other organizations in some ways. In, in that, uh, if church leadership starts to show a difference, and then it starts to be conversations around disunity and uh, bad theology, and it just you know uh, tends to to slide into a bad area. So. Um, being alone with them in in private in a one-on-one conversation over the phone uh, that coaching conversation really is a uh, um, an acquired listening skill and ability to just listen deeply and to uh, take it forward uh, to to let them see a positive outcome and how do you add the level of accountability though because there's one thing to be able if you're going to coach it's that getting them to share who they really are so you know where to take them to but how do you hold them accountable when it's over the phone I mean, you guys are, are both doing this over the phone or over Skype. Yeah, we have the fantastic tools that allow us to uh, uh, maintain um, an ongoing conversation. So there is a continuing thread. Uh, they agree to uh, action items relative to the, the issues that they're tackling. And those action items are tracked. And uh, in many ways, we are a super accountability partner. Um, in other ways, we, you know, depending on the, the item or the challenge, uh, we do encourage them to find people locally to hold them accountable also. So it's, uh, it's a combination of the two. Okay. What about you, Stephanie? How do you hold that? How do you raise that level of accountability for those people you're not touching? Well, like I said um, before, um, women are seeking me out for these types of services. And one thing that I found is that when people invest their own money, um, that 
you know, is a level of accountability by itself. Um, and most of the times these women have been going through these issues for a long time and they um, haven't been able to work through them alone. And so um, I'm finding a lot of people are really self-motivated because the pain of staying the same has gotten greater than the pain to change. All right. You guys are both just starting to beginning to talk about the the ministries that you're doing. And so I want to get into some specifics. So, Brian, talk specifically about what are you doing to help churches become intentional disciple making churches? Yeah, and it's really about culture change. And so we work with these churches um, to uh, get to a place where they can create practitioners, those who can go out and be disciple makers. And in order to take that journey, uh, it starts with uh, the devotional life of their leaders. The, the leaders have to have a passion for God. They have to have a passion for the gospel. Um, and so getting those purposeful leaders to have a desire to want to go out and disciple one-on-one, one-on-two with uh, other men and other women in their, their church body, having a common and unified picture of what that disciple is, and then developing a pathway so it's there's clarity and there's understanding in the, in, within their church body and within the congregants that are there, how they would take that journey to become a discipler of others. But how are you getting in front of these pastors? I mean, how do you even get them to listen to you? Because as I've, I have found is that pastors are very territorial. They, they don't really like anybody running on their territory. They don't like them stomping on their ground. And they think they got to figure it out. Um, in some cases, that's true, but in many cases, uh, they uh, many many leaders have started to realize the need for uh, disseminating it out to 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 their body, to those who the individuals that sit in their pews. Um, they they no longer want to be uh, the greenhouse that's just keeping the the plants protected and growing. They want to be the nursery that's getting out and planting the bushes and the and the plants into the community and watching the seeds grow. So, how do you empower your people to do that? And uh, Many of them are, you know, hearing the voices of the, the Francis Chans, the David Platts, and getting excited about empowering their business leaders to, to go do it in the workplace and, and share the gospel in the workplace, um, empowering uh, those who are, are taking it to where they live, work, and play, to their to their children's uh, activities and their, their children's sporting events and reaching out to their neighbors. It's uh, um, a learned behavior in being able to come alongside somebody and just uh, love them and show them how to apply God's word to, to their daily life. And so we provide um, materials and opportunities for them to em- empower that community to go out. So do you see as you're, you're, work, you're, you're discipling or you're mentoring the pastor and you're trying to encourage them to go down this path of being an intentional disciple making church, those go hand in hand? They do go hand in hand. Um, so it could start with uh, uh, coaching the pastor and just working with him. Uh, in some cases, we came alongside of a church where the men's ministry said, we really want to teach our men how to disciple. And so it started with a retreat with uh, 60 men in a retreat and, and talking about what it means to be an alongsider. And from there, uh, 42 men continued the journey and uh, and learned what it meant to really feed into another man's life. All right. You use that word. I want to bring it up. An alongsider becoming an alongsider. What do you mean? Well, I think the word disciple scares a lot of people. And they think, I'm um, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a a Bible study expert. So how can I really disciple somebody? Um, And we want to take that picture down. We want to put a new picture up. And and the picture is coming alongside somebody and just loving them wherever they're at. And loving them in, in a way that allows you to explore God's word together. 
pray together, come alongside and listen together so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to work within that relationship to guide you to an answer that um, it allows you to overcome the spiritual battle, whatever you're facing. And Be- uh, it's a powerful journey. So becoming an alongsider, really every Christ follower is called to become an alongsider. Absolutely. All right. So Stephanie, you're doing, you're coming alongside business, uh, Christian business women and Christian women in leadership. You're becoming, an, you're an alongsider to them. Yes. Talk, talk to me about what, what you're doing with women. That's one of the words we use too, is that we come I love alongside that word. women to get them to uh, pass the hardship that they're facing to a place where they feel like they're thriving. And they can have stresses and challenges that vary from marital stress to um, stress on their job or even stress I, I see a lot of people that have stress inside the church uh, in terms of their responsibility and it also could be a place of um, stagnation in their careers um, and basically we have three areas that we touch women in and helping them to attain peace purpose and progress and some of the the, the takeaways that, that women walk away with after we've gone through particular programs, Safe with Peace, they're able to forgive, whether that is someone else or themselves. Um, we offer them, you know, uh, tools to be able to stress less and attain inner peace and happiness, confidence. In terms of purpose, um, you know, people a lot... There's a lot of talk about there um, out there saying, thank God it's Friday, but we want to get women to say, thank God it's Monday because they really enjoy what they're doing. They're, they live and excited and they're excited about their lives. They feel good about themselves and they have spiritual connection, which, which gives them energy. And then also progress. Well, um, you, on the purpose though, you're using one of my favorite tools to help people <laughs> yes. find their purpose. What's that tool? Identity and destiny. That's right. Tom and Pam Wolf wrote Identity and Destiny. They've been on the show. If you are a Christ follower, Identity and yes. Destiny is something you should go through. Go yes. to IdentityAndDestiny.com. Yes, Tom and Pam, that's a free commercial today. Okay. Yeah, I happen to believe that if you're a Christian, every single Christian on earth should go through Identity and Destiny. I agree. Because it was just revolution. It revolutionized my life. It gave my life a sense of passion and purpose that I did not have before. Um, I answered questions that I had from childhood I, I I finally understood and understand who I am and whose I am so I can have you know all of those things um, a fulfilling life all right so who's you are and what you're supposed to be doing that's I mean, right it's it's awesome okay that's so right. what are some of the specific things in dealing with these basically business women and, and business leaders that are women what I mean give us some ideas of some of the things you're helping them through are some of the marital problems or uh, children problems what are they some of them are marital problems. Some of them are problems on their jobs um, and managing that. But I'm seeing a lot of people that are having challenges inside the church. Um, they are growing spiritually. God has called them to a leadership position, but they have some deficiencies and they have they're having some growing pains. And so helping them to understand that what they're going through is normal, that they are going to make it and just kind of leading them and guiding them and giving them tools so they can continue to grow um, spiritually, emotionally. Hmm. And after the break, we're going to let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Brian, I got a question for you. 
as as a guy that's been going to church really all my life, but I've been a Christ follower for 34 years, never occurred to me until about five or six years ago how much pastors really struggle. Right. Um, and nobody really talks to the pastors about how they struggle. They expect them to be somehow superhuman against the forces of the of evil. They, they expect their marriages to last regardless. But one of the things I realize more than anything else is that pastors have the biggest danger. And I saw this in Billy Graham's life. Pastors have the biggest danger in, in focusing all their ministry outward and, and, and neglecting their own children and their own wives because ministry is calling and pulling and tugging and, and demanding. What are you seeing? What are you seeing as a result of, of ministry on pastors and their wives? Yeah, well, ministry can easily become the mistress and draw them away from their, their wives, from their families. Um, you look at uh, a pastor and, and you look at 80% of the pastors out there, the, the response when asked, do you have a devotional life, is the only time I'm in the Word is when I'm teaching or preparing a sermon. Um, they're not in the Word to, in order to, to look at how they apply it to their own families and how they apply it to their own journey to disciple other men one-on-one. They came out, you know, really trained to teach and preach, and that's, that's a, a challenge. And if you look at the statistics today, um, some of the things that were glaring when I went through the program at Liberty was the fact that 74% of the pastors interviewed said that uh, their marriages were in trouble. And uh, 74%. 74%. And of those, um, 60% said they were at or close to divorce. And those are pastors. And, you know, it's how do you have that healing time? How do you have the time to really invest in your relationship with your wife? And part of what we do in the life and leadership coaching is talk about what that really means, how to uh, set priorities, how to uh, really look at the emotional and spiritual health of your journey and not just uh, the, the journey of your flock, but you as a, as a man and a person who's leading the church or you as a woman who's in a, in a, in a ministry leadership position, how do you really uh, look at what the, the the effect is on your own journey? Well, and I think what's really important out there for those listeners that are they're attending a church is that we're talking about your pastor. Your pastors are struggling. Ministry is a very demanding. Be sensitive to their needs. Let them tell you no. They need time for their wives. They need time for their husbands. They need time for their families. They need time to be normal, and they need to be able to work through issues, and you can't expect them to be superhuman because it's just it, they're just not. They're just like you and me. It just happens to be uh, that they're uh, that's what they're getting paid to do. I mean, some of us get called to the cubicle. They get called to the pulpit. All right. In this last segment, I really want to talk about how can people find out more about what you're taking them through, what, what we've talked about today. So, Stephanie, on Grow Women, how do people get a hold of you, and who are you looking looking for I am specifically looking for pastors wives um, women's ministry leaders or women Christian women in business corporate women or women business owners okay so pastors wives women uh, mi women ministry leaders and women in business that are running yes. businesses running businesses or even career women okay and Brian who are you looking for uh, we work uh, with anyone in church leadership, uh, pastors, other ministry staff. We work with lay ministry leaders. And if it's a business leader that serves on a church board, um, they would be prime resources that could leverage our materials and, and our coaches. All right. So, Stephanie, what's your website? Growwomen.com. 
growwomen.com, growwomen.com. All right. And if they want to send you an email, what's your email address? Stephanie at growwomen.com. That's pretty simple. It'll Stephanie at growwomen.com. So growwomen.com. All right. So if you know of a pastor's wife, I'll guarantee you she's probably struggling with something because being a pastor's wife is perhaps the most difficult job in the world because they see their husbands getting attacked all the time and they have to carry the load of the family and they always get leaned on heavily in the church. Make sure you tell them all about Stephanie because yes. they they need to they need to talk to Stephanie at Grow Women. Okay, Brian, let's talk about how how do they get a hold of you? Well, the most uh, immediate way would be to join us. One of the techniques we use is listening prayer, and we're going to be having a listening prayer workshop February twenty first and twenty second at uh, Clearwater Community Church. So they can uh, join us there. But our uh, website is navigators.org/cdm for the Church Discipleship Ministry Group. So navigators.org, and then you can look for Church Discipleship Ministry. So, navigators.org/cdm Church Discipleship Ministry, or if they just typed into Google, they could do Navigators Church Discipleship Ministry. They'd find it probably like that way too. Yes, or if you type Navigators in Brian's us, it'll bring you right to my staff page or to our ministry. But since well. Zoss isn't one of those easy ones and nobody, they're saying, is he saying sauce? Is he saying Z-A-A-S? That's what they're saying. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, and so what's your email address? So you can reach me at brian.zass at navigators.org. All right, so brian.zaas at navigators.org. Or if they want to find out more about it, navigators.org slash cdm. Yes. All right, so, and you're not just working with leaders, with church leaders uh, here in Tampa Bay. You're working with church leaders across the country. Uh, church leaders across the country, churches of all sizes. Uh, we work with uh, churches out in Iowa where there are 150 to 200 people. A uh, church in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan that's 12,000 people strong, three satellite churches. Uh, we're working with churches uh, spread across the U.S. We have 30 coaches that Debbie and I work with and uh, that are certified to work with those churches. And our goal is to have 100 churches, uh, 100 coaches working with 1,000 church leaders to make 10,000 disciple makers. And that's our vision over the next three years. And that's where so we're taking it. So by 2017, you're looking for 1,000 churches to create, excuse me, 100 churches to create 1,000 disciple makers or alongsiders. 100 coaches to lead 1,000 churches to create 10,000 disciple makers. All right. We got to do that slower for me. Can I have a chart, please? Michael, can you put that up on the big screen? All right. So we want 100 churches. 100 to coaches. A, to create 100 coaches to work with 1,000 churches to create 10,000 alongsiders. You've got it. That is tough. Stephanie, I know your numbers aren't near as complicated. So pretty simple. Pretty simple. So what are you looking for? I'm looking for 10 women. You're looking for 10 women that are pastor's wives, women ministry leaders, or women in business, women that just want to take it to the next level in their faith in Christ. Are ready to move forward in their lives. And they want, to, they, want to, they want to get forgiveness. They want to work, move past any bitterness that they've got. They want to make their marriages stronger, their ministry stronger. That's what they want to and do. And be a better wife and be a better mother and a better person. All right. That's fantastic. Okay. So any final comments from either of you? we got a minute left. Go ahead. Well, I just think that as you're out there, if you're a business leader and you're serving on a church board and you know there's a need for your men's ministry, or if you're uh, a woman leader and you know there's a need for your women's ministry, we can start in, in those ministries in small groups. It doesn't have to be the church leadership team. Stephanie. I just wanted to say I love inspiring women to take off the dust of their dreams, to fix what's broken, and reach aspirations that lead to a healthy, emotionally, physically, and spiritually fulfilled life. 
And I want to challenge the listeners before we go to the end of the show that you need to look at your pastors and your pastor's wives and realize that their job is a tough job. Stop looking at them and criticizing them and look to minister to your pastor and their wives because they need ministering too. All right. So here's, here's a question. Has your life been radically altered, radically affected by Jesus Christ? Are you running a business? Does it look different than your competition run by a non-Christ follower? Perplexed on how to incorporate your faith so that your business looks and feels different? If these questions are just bothering you, you want to know, how do I really put Christ into my workplace? Then I encourage you to check out Business His Way. Business His Way is a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. Brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I Work For Him. For more information, contact me, Jim, at IWorkForHim.com. Jim at IWork, the number four, Him.com. All right, next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with Dick DeWitt about Marketplace Chaplains. This is a program all across the country, all across the world, where you can have a chaplain on your campus ministering to your people. It's like having a pastor on your staff. And we're going to talk all about that next week. And he's also speaking at the Christian Chamber of Commerce next Wednesday for lunch at 1130. So if you want to find out more about that, go to c3tb.org. All right, my sponsors are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them. Thanks today to these sponsors. The Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, c3tb.org. Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay. Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage and Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate. Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management. Boy, if you need SEO work, Dan is who you need to talk to. Gary Melanowski and Chick-fil-A Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard. Eric Most of Most Insurance. 2B1 Ministries out of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Mar- mentoring, marriage mentoring couples all over the county. Tampa Mayor's Prayer Breakfast on May the 7th and Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information Services. Links for their Links to their company websites are on my website, iworkforhim.com. On the I Work For Him website, you'll also find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. Thanks to my guests today, Brian Zoss and Stephanie Brown. You guys have been awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank for you. Us on. Thanks oh, for it's been me. a lot of fun. All right, please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Many thanks to Mike Miracle to finding, for finding a new miracle song and for keeping us in under control and on time. Uh, you did a great job. All right, if you found today's show inspiring or challenging, could you let me know? Send me an email. I just need to know people are listening. I'm a radio personality, but I'm really not. I'm just a normal guy. I'd like to know that I am actually ministering to you, touching you, challenging you. Send me an email to jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. All right, you've been listening. Oh, before I get to that, I got Chick-fil-A following me every night. Take it away, Chick-fil-A. Those guys are awesome. Make sure you listen to that commercial. Go and order a number one on the menu, my favorite, at Chick-fil-A on Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay and around the world, but I work for him. Mm